Welcome to Growth Marketing Camp, where we sit down with our favorite marketers to demystify growth and give you the insights to help turn your next campaign into a major success. Let's get into it. Welcome to another exciting episode of Growth Marketing Camp. Can't wait to dig in with Karishma Rajaratnam, the manager of growth marketing at Vidyard, one of my favorite companies ever. Karishma, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rex. So happy to be here. Yeah. Now, for the audience, if you haven't used asynchronous video, which is really what Vidyard's all about, over the last 18, 24 months, first of all, that's crazy. I'm sorry for you because you really are missing an opportunity, but you're going to be really glad you heard the name Vidyard. It's just one of the best video tools on the market. It has a lot of functionality and they have a really cool freemium model. You can start to use Vidyard and better understand how to leverage asynchronous video. So uh, Karishma, what's your favorite use case for asynchronous video as a marketer? Thanks for that awesome intro for Vidyard, uh, first of all. But in terms of like my uh, favorite use case, I found that especially once I joined Vidyard, I started using it a lot uh, in my day-to-day comms. And the way I personally really love to um, use it is to send out asynchronous videos before meetings covering what that meeting is going to be about. Um, wow. So often, like during remote work, we find that we spend a lot of time in meetings just going through presentation decks and things that could have been discussed outside of the meeting so we can use the meeting for more productive conversation. So what I typically try to do is before a meeting, shoot a quick video with like a deck and a presentation to just give everyone in the meeting like a context on what that meeting is about. And then yeah. I like to attach that video to the calendar link. So the meeting is really used only for productive discussion versus me making a presentation on it. So I find that that's really useful when kicking off new projects or when doing like reviews of old projects that we want to like do a postmortem on. That's probably my favorite use case. Oh my gosh, I did not expect that. And I think that is the coolest use case I've heard for video is like maybe a leader or a project manager or somebody who's overseen a meeting. I love it. I think we could end the episode there and everybody would get something out of it because that's fantastic. (laughs) Now, since this is a growth marketing show, we've got it in the name and you're the first guest to ever appear with that term in your actual title. Can you describe for us what growth marketing means at Vidyard? Sure. I think for Vidyard specifically, growth marketing is really a team that tries and tests different strategies that our marketing team hasn't already established. And it's really a team that's all about experimentation. So it's about trying and testing new channels, experimenting rigorously with those channels, and then taking the experiments that work and feeding it back to the larger marketing team so they can take it and scale it. So it's not necessarily a team that's going to scale each and every one of our experiments, but we want to try out various things in various areas of marketing, and then pick the ones that are successful and then share that with either the product team or the marketing team, depending on what's relevant. So they can kind of pick those ideas and then scale them uh, within their teams. That's amazing and totally fitting with the theme of the show, which is we're going to learn something from every guest. We're going to try and take that and apply it to what we're doing in our everyday lives in our campaign. So that's wonderful. I am curious, comparing the two teams, let's say the larger marketing team and the growth marketing team, what's the size you know, ratios there. So I believe our growth marketing, we've scaled so fast that I've almost forgotten how many exact people (laughs) we are, but I believe we're just at 10 or just below 10 people in total. And then the larger marketing team is about 30 to 35 people. So we're definitely like, you know, a portion of the marketing team, but then within the marketing team, we have like smaller units of other teams. For example, we have a PR team and a brand team. We've also got like a segment marketing team that focuses on 
you know, messaging to different customer segments and converting some of our free users to paid. And mm-hmm. then within the growth marketing team, we have individual areas of focus as well. That's awesome. Okay. So it's like one to two, one to three there. And, and you're taking that and you're applying to the broader mission of the marketing team, which is great. So I mm-hmm. imagine, are you experimenting in all those different facets? Like, are you, are you playing with a little bit of brand, a little bit of PR? Are you playing with, you know, paid ads or is it specifically focused on one type of channel? No, that's, that's totally true that we experiment with a bunch of different things. So paid ads is an area that we've been experimenting with for quite a while now. Um, and while the paid ads team was initially very focused on demand gen and down the funnel, they've now started to experiment with brand campaigns. So kind of being mm. almost an assist or a support to the PR team in digital ads, right? And scaling like our paid ads beyond demand gen into brand as well. Within the growth marketing team, my team specifically, which is a team of two, we specifically focus on free to paid conversion. So, Mm -hmm. you know, product led growth strategies that are going to help more of our free user base use and adopt the product and then eventually convert into a paying user. And so we collaborate with other parts of the marketing team as well to make that happen. So we're going to get into that specifically today, the product-led growth strategies and what you guys are doing. I want to dig a little bit back into your early career days, though, because I think this informs everything you've done. You actually didn't start in marketing. It looked like you started in the sciences, in particularly behavioral science. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I have a master's degree from University College London, where I studied psychology and behavioral science. I've always really been interested in human behavior and, you know, how that kind of applies to marketing. And so I initially wanted to, like, pursue a career in academia. Post like my degree, I actually ended up working with Harvard University for a year on a project um, that was very specific on academia, right? So my role was really as a research assistant. But then I realized that I really wanted to be in the real world, kind of applying what I studied to daily life. And so mm-hmm. I ended up teaching myself digital marketing. And my husband at the time who was at Google sort of really gave me an overview on how ad platforms work and how some of the things that I studied could be applied there. Um, and we both ended up setting up a digital consultancy that focused on bringing behavioral science to marketing. And we really worked with customers across the world, one of which was Charge B. And I really enjoyed my time working with Charge B and building out like their early, you know, AdWords and SEM strategy. And at the time, my husband and I both wanted to kind of pivot into a working with a product company versus being in services ourselves. And so I, you know, Charge B just made total sense. And I ended up joining them and spending five years there building out uh, several facets of the marketing team. And then and that such, took me to Vidyard after, yeah. Yeah, that's such a good fit for where you were headed with Vidyard. So let's let's talk about the campaign that you wanted to bring up today, because I think this is a good segue into it. You learned the behavioral sciences, which is such a good start for a marketer. I mean, amazing, especially a growth marketer. That seems like a perfect fit. Then you got to use that in practical application as an agency. Then you went into Charge B. And for five years, like you, you really got to stretch your legs with Charge B and learn some things and build some things. That's really exciting. And then you, you took that over to Vidyard. How long have you been at Vidyard now? I've, it's all, it's going to be a year and a month now. Okay, cool. So you're like, you're, you're just starting to get into that really exciting phase where like, you know, everything you need to know to really make a huge impact. And you're going to have several years ahead of you, I'm sure. Now, you've already learned a lot. You've already done a lot of cool things. So let's talk about the product-led growth campaign that you all are running around like triggers and messaging that goes out automatically. Can you describe for us the purpose of the campaign, kind of the way you think about it as a campaign? Sure. So to start off, I think like product-led growth is really about 
making sure that you're communicating with the right customer at the right time. Because in product-led growth companies, they typically tend to have premium plans or free trials, which sure. attract a lot of users at the top of the funnel, right? And sales teams are limited in PLG companies or in any company, really. You can only hire so many salespeople. And the idea is to... As a marketing team, I think it's our job to make sure that we're sending the right leads over to sales so they can do a better job of converting those leads. And in a PLG company, things get mixed up because you tend to attract a lot of people top of funnel through these free plans. And so your priority, I think, as a PLG marketing team is to really pick out the right types of leads and then send those over to sales amongst all the noise amongst your free user base, right? Yeah. So what we've really been experimenting with now in terms of like just communicating with the right user at the right time is sending out triggered emails based on the product data that we collect of our users as usage of Vidyard. So then, you know, that helps us sort of really communicate with the right user at the right time and then hit the right KPI. So specifically one email that we uh, just recently launched is from a retention perspective. We noticed a portion of our users that sign up end up creating a video, but they don't really share it, right? And so from a Vidyard perspective, for you to see full value in the product, you need to share your video and receive that first view because otherwise you just have a video that's sitting in your library and you're not seeing the true value that Vidyard can bring. So a big part of our team's focus is to get people to not just create videos, but also share them and then continually create and share videos and create like a habit loop. So one thing that we set up from a triggered email perspective was to basically tailor our marketing automation system with our data system, which is called Heap, to basically create like a connection between the two systems and then send out a triggered email every time we see that a user has created a video within the last seven days, but they haven't shared it. So we mm. would then, when we have that data point, we then send them an email that says, hey, we noticed you have a video sitting in your library. It's been seven days and you haven't shared it. Why not share the video? And then, you know, we can sort of just keep iterating with that email and giving them a few reasons on why sharing a video will help them see the value of the product. So it's really about sending them that message at the right time, just after they've created, soon after they've created the video to then nudge them to go ahead and share it. And this kind of ties back to my, this interest that I have in PLG and these types of campaigns ties back to my interest in behavioral science, because when I was studying behavioral science, we were really learning about like nudging users by sending yeah. them messages at the right time. So you know, this is one campaign that kind of ties to that as well. Yeah. And there's a fine line, I imagine, between nudging and annoying. How do you walk yes. that line? What are, what are things that you consider, you know, you may not get it right every time. And I'm sure that's kind of the point of the growth marketing experiments. You're trying to figure out where that line is, but what have you learned? What have you evaluated in that, in that space? Yeah. So I think that's where the whole, you know, using your product data really kicks in because we could technically send that, you know, share a video to pretty much all users, which yeah. would be annoying because assuming that this is not the only campaign we're running and they're getting a whole bunch of other campaigns, that would be a lot of communication from Vidyard, which is why tailoring it down to a specific user base of people who definitely created a video but haven't shared it within a time frame of the last seven days helps us get really narrowed and targeted with our messaging. So we're only sending that message to people who we know have seen half the value of the product but haven't seen the full value and so you know we plan to run many more campaigns like this just based on specific product triggers so specifically for example with upgrades it's very easy to kind of just send out like one trigger of one blast email convincing all of your free users to upgrade to paid right but a yeah. whole bunch of those free users may not have even tried the product for the first time they may not have like fully given it a spin so what we want to be able to do with triggered messaging is to send out 
emails to users that have specifically seen the value with the product. They've activated, maybe they've retained by coming back and creating multiple videos. And so we, as a team, know for sure that this user is seeing value and now is probably a good time to speak to them versus just sending a blast email to everyone asking them to upgrade. So I think that's where uh, you kind of draw the line is to really get as narrowed and targeted as possible. So you're sending the message only to users who you believe will be likely to receive it in a positive way and want to actually see that message. Uh, yeah, that, that seems to be a lot less annoying and a lot more helpful because you're focusing on <laughs> something you actually know about their behavior. That's perfect. Yeah, for sure. And I think like that can also be applied to, you know, areas in the product where people might be getting stuck. So for example, if you know that people have been spending a lot of time in one particular area of the product, more time than they should be, you know, maybe then sending them an email with a bunch of different help articles on how they can get past that stage could also be a way that you're being more helpful versus being annoying. And it furthers, you know, your KPI as a product like team of getting users onboarded and making them retained with the product. Now, since you're experimenting, you probably don't do this to your entire user base, even if they meet the trigger. I imagine, are you segmenting this down and saying, hey, we want to try this with a small subset and then maybe deploying to the larger group who, who are affected by that trigger? Or are you saying, hey, we have a hypothesis. We're going to try it with everybody in the last seven days who has created a video and not sent it. Or are you segmenting that? Yeah, I think uh, for this one, we initially started off with pretty much everyone uh, that created a video in the last seven days, but haven't shared it uh, sure. because that audience in itself, because it's so tailored, gives you a small enough audience, but still large enough that you're able to get some sort of significant, you know, experiment result. And we actually saw a 200% increase in click-through and open rate for this triggered email versus our regular non-triggered emails, which really tells us that this timely messaging you know, to users, sending them that message at the right time can be really engaging for them to, you know, want to click through and actually go go to your CTA. Now, how does that inform, because those metrics are amazing, how does that inform what you're doing on the non-triggered email side? I imagine that's with the broader marketing team, but like, what are you learning about how often you should be using non-triggered email? What, what are you guys changing maybe about that? Yeah, so I think just given that our team's focus is really around PLG and making free users, you know, onboarded and engaged with the product, what we're planning now is to, considering like the amazing results we've seen with like engagement on the triggered email side, from an onboarding perspective, we really want to sort of prioritize triggered emails where we're really sending the right message to the user at the right time. But we still see like our regular marketing emails as playing a really important role in nurturing users longer term. Because while, you know, users want to hear about your product or they want you to sort of, or they might want to engage with your product more, assuming they're enjoying the product experience. I think users also have an appetite to be engaged with your brand overall. Mm -hmm. So for instance, Vidyard hosts a bunch of amazing like content around like how to use video in your day-to-day -day workflows. And then not just video content, but also sales content, right? How to be a better salesperson and be more effective at your job. And I think a lot of our sales audience really enjoy that type of content as well. And so we don't want to completely stop sharing that and pivot completely to a product-led messaging. So we're still keeping that communication consistent, but we're just doing it at a less, at a smaller frequency. So we don't bombard users, you know, with product emails as well as like those kind of emails. But people definitely love hearing about like video in general, because recently my team hosted a workshop and we saw about like a workshop on how to use video in your day-to-day -day workflows. And we saw almost like a thousand registrants for that one email. And so we definitely want to keep that moving while we also have product emails layered on top of that. Yeah, I imagine there's a, a big education component to something that is as difficult to understand, although getting easier, especially with the pandemic and remote work, 
but something that's as difficult to, to believe in for some people who are maybe camera shy as asynchronous video. So you want that consistent, like we're beating this drum. We want to help you. You got to get better. You got to understand that Vidyard's here to help you, but then you also Absolutely. want to trigger based on behavior. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's where like product and marketing go hand in hand, like products uh, role is to really, you know, make you see the value in the product, create like an amazing user experience. So you're able to go back and use it. But unless we do brand marketing to really educate them on where to use video, how to use it, how to get more comfortable, your product prompts are not really going to be as effective. Right. So these two things go hand in hand and we want to make sure that we give them equal weightage versus placing like one over the other. And I imagine if you keep sending them triggered emails based on behavior, at a certain point, a subset of users has no behavior change, right? Because they, they didn't open or they didn't engage and they're just not ready for it, where that brand email, the untriggered email could continue to nurture them along the way until they do have that behavior change and you're able to hit them with that, that more PLG, the more triggered email. Absolutely. I think the role of these marketing emails is to really just keep nurturing until, uh, so Vidyard is always top of mind. And when they feel that they're ready to use a video solution, they think of us instantly and then, you know, go back into the product as a result. Mm, I love that balance. I love the way that you all are, are using both the product and just that general brand kind of beating the drum, helping people see video as, as a good potential opportunity for them. Well, that's great. Anything else that comes to mind, maybe of uh, things you would do differently about that if you were going to start it over from scratch? It sounds like it was wildly successful. Was there anything you would you maybe try differently next time? Yeah, so one thing, and I think we're still working on this, but one thing I would have loved to see is tracking the performance of this email back to actual product behavior. So for example, you know, so right now we know that we saw a 200% increase in engagement on the email, but we still don't necessarily know. And this, this is more of a gap in our data currently, how many of those people that engaged with the email went in and created the next or shared their video, right? Which yeah. was the CTA was to share their video. We have ways of doing this, with, like looking at this data within our systems, but it just requires a lot of like, work on the data team side. So we want like an easy way to actually track that, but we're establishing that uh, full cycle of tracking with Heap now. And so hopefully in another you know couple of weeks time, we should actually be able to see how these people are engaging with the product. And that gives us a solid idea of the impact that these emails are having beyond click-throughs and opens. Are people who are clicking through actually going in and sharing a video? And if so, then that means it's a it's truly a success from a product-led growth standpoint, and we should be doing a lot more. So I think maybe having that up and running before we launched the campaign would have been ideal, but we're also a team that's very biased for action. We want to get things out the door quickly yeah. and then fix as we go. So that was the intent behind just launching it without you know, the full data. Yeah, that's very tempting, right? To say that everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be lined up. What I found in my career that I'm sure you've, you've found something similar is that you think you know exactly what hoses need to be connected and then you run something and you find out, nope, none of that was necessary or half of that was not useful and we still miss something over here. So I think that bias towards action is probably serving you very well. For sure. And I think it's definitely true, especially for scale up companies like, you know, at Vidyard stage, we're not an early stage startup. Uh, we're still scaling into like a larger enterprise uh, where things break very often. Like, and that's only natural because the rate at which we're growing, you know, we're growing at a very high rate. Our teams are scaling very fast. And so it's very easy to kind of say, okay, this has to be perfect. Let's wait it out two or three weeks, but that's more costly to the business than putting things out and just quickly learning from them and improving from there on. And I think that mindset is especially important for growth teams, even more than, you know, other teams within marketing, because growth teams are all about experimentation and just being quick um, and just running quick and dirty experiments that give you quick feedback. So, yeah, I think that's really important. 
And I imagine for, for organizations who are going to be listening to this and don't have a growth marketing team, maybe kind of putting on that hat and saying, okay, we're going to try something. It's okay that it's not all connected and it's going to be quick and dirty. We're going to learn something from it. Maybe that the learning is more valuable than the immediate lift in product adoption or in conversions. Do you think that that might be useful for those of us who can't commit an entire team or even just one person full-time to growth marketing? Absolutely. I think the learn fast, fail fast mindset can be applied to pretty much every team. And definitely, like if you can't afford to, or if it doesn't make sense at the time to like just hire a full-fledged growth marketing team, there can still be some experimentation that's built into your marketing team. So for example, if you have an existing demand gen team, but you've never experimented with paid ads, you know, allocating a portion of your demand gen person's time on paid ads yeah. um, and experimenting with that is definitely something that you can do. And it's actually a good way to vet out whether a full team focused on experimentation makes sense. Because if you're finding a lot of positive impact from those experiments, then maybe like launching a team that's focused on that actually makes sense longer term as well for you. Mm, I love that. Now, zooming out from what you're doing in this campaign, because I imagine you're going to have dozens more of these soon as you continue to experiment with the data that you have, especially with that full cycle tracking. When you're looking at how growth marketing is going for Vidyard and what you'd like to be able to crank up, right? Turn up the dial on. If you had imaginary world here, if you had two times the staff budget or time specifically in growth marketing, which would you pick and what would you do with it? This is a tough one. I think specifically, I would love to scale up some of the stuff that we're doing on the product let's side by bringing in more data scientists. And this is something we've thought about and spoken about a lot as well in, in, within Vidyard, but like working more with our data science team to figure out like product qualified leads to help us figure out product qualified leads and how we should lead score our user base. Mm -hmm. um, so currently Vidyard has, a, you know, we attract users across all walks of life, like specifically working on sales, marketing, you know, and different divisions within organizations. But we want to be able to pick the right leads and prioritize them for our sales team. And that prioritization, I believe, should also happen based on product behavior, because there may be some users that are heavily more engaged than other users. But today we don't have the best way of surfacing up those like, you know, hot leads to our sales team because our sales team works with a very traditional inbound model where somebody requests a demo and then the sales team reaches out, talks to them and converts them. We do have outbound motions in place, but we definitely do think there's scope to iterate on the PQL, product qualified lead side of things. Yeah. So maybe working with a team of data scientists to come up with like a model to show us like who our most successful users are based on those product signals and what do they do within the product before they convert or before they ask to talk to sales. And then sort of build a lookalike model to identify more of those users and then surface more of those up to sales. Um, so that's something that we've been thinking about a lot and we have ways we're currently experimenting with it at smaller scale. But assuming we had more budget and more time, we'd love to involve more take a, like a more data-driven approach with the data team to really come up with what that model should look like and then build it out. I imagine with the success of this campaign, you'll be able to continue to earn a little bit of timeshare there, but it, it, you know, eventually we only have so many hours in the day. So I appreciate it. A little bit more time. If you could double the time and, and maybe some access to that staff, that makes total sense. Yeah. Now, and I think just given, sorry, I was just going to say, I think given the whole bias for action thing, like working with the data team on this stuff is definitely a longer term sort of big project. So we want to be able to still iterate with smaller things as we go. Yeah. That's a good approach. Yeah. Not, not again, not saying we need to have the data team. We need to have all their attention. We need to build out this incredible model and this algorithm. We need to know exactly who the hottest leads are all the time. And that's our, our only project for the year. 
It's really that, yeah. hey, we're going to we're going to make some attempts here and we're going to learn some things and that will help inform the work I'm sure that you do with the data science team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Karishman, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a real pleasure to hear about how you're taking in a crack at the PLG model with Vidyard. If there's someone out there who hasn't heard of Vidyard, you're not in the tech scene, you're going to be grateful you heard about it. Go check it out, get a free trial, play with the tool. You're going to love it. If you're not using asynchronous video, please do go play with that thing. You're, you're going to get an email from Krishma's team soon, I'm sure, because she'll want <laughs> you to share that video. Krishma, as you're looking around at the marketing world and those people who have influenced you most heavily, are there any brands or individuals that you would recommend that we be aware of, that we watch, follow, learn from? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Reforge community. So I believe that, you know, there's a lot of great content that the Reforge team puts out on product-led growth, on marketing and how product teams and marketing teams can work together. So I really love their uh, content. I also love um, the OpenView Venture Capital's blogs. So they talk a lot about PLG as well. And then first round review, I think has some fantastic posts around just management in general. And specifically like, you know, they talk about marketing sales, a whole bunch of topics, but I love their posts on, like management and how to manage like a marketing team. I really draw a lot of inspiration from that. I'm so glad you mentioned brands that have content we can dig into because a lot of times, you know, the people that I follow, I only follow them on social media because they're not necessarily producing a lot of content I can go really dig into. I've been looking forward to that. So I appreciate you mentioning those. We will definitely throw some links uh, on our socials and we'll go share it for sure. Cause that sounds like awesome resources for anybody who's been interested in this episode. Now, Krishma, where can people find you online if they wanted to learn more from you? Sure. I'm on both Twitter and LinkedIn, so you can definitely find me there. Okay. We've got like a 30-70 split of actual people who are on, on Twitter still and who are loving Twitter. <laughs> what do you like most about it? I'm curious. I think I just love the content on Twitter. Like, I think I probably spent a lot more time like curating who I follow on Twitter for some reason versus LinkedIn, where, you know, I just end up having like a much broader network on LinkedIn. So my Twitter feed tends to be a lot more curated. So I get a lot of my day-to-day knowledge on my work on Twitter, because even though it's like short content, I find it very useful. I think when people have to say things in a very concise way, a lot of good stuff comes out. So I think that that format for Twitter really works quite well. I love that. Well, great. Thank you for joining us. If we want to see Vidyard, if we want to go check it out, if we want to get a free trial or want to talk to your sales team, where do we go? Just sign up on vidyard.com. It's really easy to download our Chrome extension from there. The Chrome extension is possibly the easiest and best way to create your videos. So once you sign up, you'll get a prompt to download the extension and you can just get started for free from there. Awesome. Well, Krishma, thanks again for joining us. We will be sure to check out more. Thanks so much, Rex. It was amazing being on this podcast and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Growth Marketing Camp. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give it a quick five-star rating or share it with a friend or colleague looking to get a little more inspiration for their next campaign. If you want to learn more about the company behind the show, head to opensense.com. That's O-P-E-N-S-E-N-S-E.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.